0: Proverbs chapter 7, we are going to look at a few verses, actually all over here, but we're going to talk about the strange woman and and her attributes. Um, you know, the Bible speaks of this. It also speaks of, of the, the whore being a, a deep ditch and a, a narrow pit, the strange woman. And, and uh, you know, we're going to talk about that here today, too, a little bit and, and get the understanding of this. The different characters that are here in the book of Proverbs and the warning that is given to young people, and all of us for wisdom and understanding, but the attributes that are that are here. And in this verse, we'll take this, And behold, there met him a woman with the attire of a harlot, and subtle of heart. And we talked about her being, She is loud and stubborn, her feet abide not in her house. Now is she without, now in the streets that lieth and wait at every corner. So she caught him and kissed him, and with an impudent face said unto him, I have peace offerings with me this day, have I paid my vows. That's, that sounds like Roman Catholicism, doesn't it? That strange woman is not only a religious woman in the sense of a, a, a woman that's a harlot, that's a religious harlot, but also a system. It's a picture of, the, of that Roman Catholic system. Uh, peace offerings with me and, and paying the vows and, and all those things. Those things aren't uh, Bible-believing uh, things that God has commanded us to do in the New Testament, but these are, this is the false religion that they hold on to, the law that, that uh, and their own law, their law unto themselves, that they they have their pagan traditions and their heathen traditions that they hold on to and that they use against people. And it, you know, Egypt is mentioned in this text. You see, all the all of those things are mentioned, which is Babylon, Egypt. All of those things are are pictures of that strange woman. But but it, more specifically, all through the text and all through Proverbs. Solomon is warning about the strange woman, and, and the, the writers of Proverbs, they're warning about the strange woman, and how to stay away from her, who she is, how to identify her, and how to stay away from her, and for you not to be one, and, how, and, and not to model yourself after those characteristics as a lady, but to hate those things and abhor those things and stay away, just like it talks about the foolish man, which we'll talk, we're going to talk about the simple young fool as well during this series, that's going to be part of it. Where we really dissected, and look, look at the, the simple young fool and how he was, he was tricked and duped and, and by his own lust, you know, by his own the lust in his heart and how he, he was deceived by that, by this woman and how the scriptures warn us how not to do that, how to how to be uh, protected from that and guarded from that. Let's pray, Father. Please help us now as we look at the scriptures here today, and we thank you for them, Lord. We thank you that every word matters and that you've given every word to us, so we have everything that you want us to have to grow thereby. Help us to, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we're going to talk one week here, maybe next week, on the attire of a harlot, because that's very important. I mean, if the Bible has something to say about clothing and attire of a harlot, we should know what that is, and we should understand what the scriptures say about that, and uh, we should make sure that as as husbands, that our family we lead our families correctly, obviously, but that the world also understands um, or that the church understands and young people understand and young ladies understand what what that attire is and how the Bible warns against it. And God will tell you how to dress if you just read the scriptures. He'll tell you it's there. The principles are there. Everything is there. God tells us. He didn't leave anything out in this life for you. You say, Well, I, I don't know what to do about this situation. Well, I guarantee you it's in the book because God said it was. In the, whether it's in, in exact words as far as your situation or the principles and what you're supposed to do are there, they're there in this Bible. They are in this Bible. God has everything that you need uh, in this book. Amen. And everything you need for godliness. He's given it all to you. And you ought to read it and look at it and thank God for it. In Proverbs 7, 10, though, it says, Behold, there met him a woman with the attire of a harlot and subtle of heart. Remember, she's a married woman, not just any harlot, but a married one. So she is not truly revealing her heart. That's what it means to be subtle of heart. It's sly in design and artful, cunning, insinuating, applied to persons as a subtle foe. We know that the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. So her actions remind you of the devil. The way in which she deals with things is just like the devil. She is like the devil, not revealing her true motives. He thinks it's simply to please him. This simple young man does, but it's not. It's to catch the young man in a snare and to ruin his life forever. That's what Satan wants to do. He wants to catch you in a snare, and he wants to ruin your life forever. He's sly in design. He he masks, and he, he shows you the lust that you want and that you desire, the pleasure that is in that, but he shields you and hides from you the punishment that will come from it, the chastening that will come from it, where what, what you will end up with and how you will end up if you take of the fruit and eat thereof. Right, everything was Eve didn't Eve didn't have any idea of the consequences. He didn't talk. She knew what God said, but Eve, uh, Satan didn't talk up the consequences. He never does. When you and I sin, or if we get tempted, or we 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 rarely think about the consequences of what our actions are going to lead to, what can happen as an outcome of that. That's the subtlety of sin, and that's the subtlety of Satan. Many a young man has ruined his life with the wrong woman. They are mistresses of an artful, intriguing method to
1: seduce and ensnare. That's what the point is.
0: They'll tell you everything that was encouraging, but keep that back that which is discouraging. She kept her own heart to herself while she stole the heart of others. There are people that are like that. You beware of that children. You understand you will fight and you will be around people that will draw out of you everything they want you to say to them. They'll hear. So you you tell them everything about you and you tell them everything about your life and you tell them everything about who you are and everything else. And you just kind of pour out your heart to them, but they conceal their own heart and they keep it from you. So you don't know what's in their heart, you don't understand what is there. They don't you really don't know who they are. You could be around those people for a long time and they know everything about you and one day it'll dawn on you, wow, I really don't know anything about them. But I've I've told them everything about me. You be careful, young people, as you grow up and you meet people out of this world and you have to work in this world, don't pour your hearts out to these people and don't tell them everything about you like that. Don't do that. You don't owe them that and you don't need to do that. It is a trap that you set yourself up. You be honest in the sight of all men, yes, but pour out your heart and your emotions and and give people the opportunity to do that is not wise it's not wise you be very careful with that as you're choosing friends and you're working in this world and 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 you're growing you be careful who you give your heart to that's why in the beginning of this uh what does he say in proverbs my son give me thine heart to to your godly parents that they have your heart because they they'll be better know who to get help for you to give that to one day they'll help you and guide you in giving that to somebody else one day that's why he said that. That's why the, the warning is there. My son, give me thine heart. So your heart is not, because your heart is meant to give to somebody. God made it that way. Now, God first, obviously, our hearts are to be the Lord's. But secondarily, to your parents and, and, and people that love you, your godly parents that love you and that are guiding you and directing you, they should have your heart. That way, that way. when it's time to come for discernment on who to marry, on friendship that you have, on decisions that you make in life, your parents can help guide you through that and your heart isn't already given to somebody else. And then you get into trouble. So you have to be careful with that because these people will be very subtle and very sly and they don't tell you what their true intentions or motives are until they already have you in a, in a trap or a snare. That's how it works, friend. That is life. I can tell you the same exact thing happened to me when I was a young man, so I know exactly what it is. When I was a lost man, the same exact thing happened to me. And it's, it's, it's written in the scriptures. You don't have to believe what I say, you can believe what the Bible says. But it happened. I've experienced it. I know what that's like. I know what it means. I know what it is like to be taken by somebody like that and to be deceived. And yes, you consume it upon your own lust, but you're still taken advantage of in the sense. Because your heart has been given too easily, poured out to.
1: Because they're very subtle. Very subtle.
0: That was the devil, though. He told Eve, you'll be as gods, knowing good and evil, right? Look at Genesis chapter 3. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, yeah, God said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Well, he wanted her to question God, and she did. And by the way, when somebody wants to seduce you from simplicity, they're going to subtly get you to question your faith. It's very subtle. When you get out in the world, they're going to they're subtly get you to question your faith. It's not, they're not going to be full, outright. Uh, come after you and attack it that way, they're going to subtly do it. That's how they work. And that's why you have to be guarded against that. You have to understand, who do I trust in this life? Number one, the Lord. Number two, my parents. And how they raised me that's that's what you're gonna have to remember young people you're gonna have to remember those two things and how i'm being raised according to scriptures number one it's god number two it's my parents i need to i need to remember that because if i don't i'm going to get into trouble because i could be deceived rather easily and as you're going to see the simple young man was deceived rather easily he didn't have the discernment that he needed that he would grow into as a man as a man, you grow in discernment, and as a lady, you grow in discernment as time goes by, and you learn things, and you grow, and you mature. When you, but, but a lot of times, you don't have good discernment. You grow in discernment. That's why we're to teach discernment. We're to give you discernment by giving you the scriptures and teaching you what they say, so you're better able to judge matters and look at matters and be careful. You see, the subtle woman is the same as Satan. And the serpent said to the woman,
1: You shall not surely die.
0: Subtle. Very subtle. See, first it got him to question God. Didn't outright say God didn't exist. Didn't that? No, it just got him to question who God, God, Get, question God's authority. Thereby questioning her husband's authority and everything else. Amen. See, the subtle woman is that same way. Uh, there's a story with that same subtlety. Turn to 2 Samuel chapter 13. Years, many years ago, Larry Brown preached a sermon. He still preaches it, but it's called Amnon had a friend. And that's a good sermon, actually. And um, 2 Samuel chapter 13, verse number three, but Amnon had a friend whose name was Jonadab, the son of Shimea, David's brother. And Jonadab was a very subtle man. He was a very subtle man. And he said unto him, why art thou being the king's son lean from day to day? Wilt thou not tell me? And Amnon said unto him, I love Tamar, my brother, Absalom's sister. And Jonadab said unto him, Lay thee down on thy bed, and make thyself sick. And when thy father cometh to see thee, say unto him, I pray thee, let my sister Tamar come and give me meat, and dress the meat in my sight, that I may see it and eat at her hand. See, he devised a scam. He was subtle of heart, artful in design, cunning, beguiling, crafty. And he put the plan together. He premeditated a plan for him. That's not a good friend.
1: You don't want friends like that.
0: Those aren't friends, those are people that will destroy you. Amen. And let me tell you something, I don't care if it's a family member or who it is. If somebody is talking against this Bible and talking against the direction of your family, I don't care if they're your uncle, sister, mother, grandmother, I don't care who it is. If they're talking against that, then they are talking wrong and they are rebellious against God and you don't need to listen to them. Amen. If they're talking you out of this book, if they're talking you out of the direction that your parents are teaching you in the scriptures and raising you in, don't look up to those people. There's nothing to look up to.
1: They're not good people for you to model your life after.
0: And you got to be as cut and dry as that. That's life, friend. That's the way it has to be. Because this book is authority. This book is right. This book is true. And if I'm teaching you, say, well, I think that's that's, uh, a little bit too uh, strict to follow. Really? I don't think it's strict enough. I, we aren't. I don't think we're strict enough. <laughs> Do you? Is there any man that's going to, when they go to heaven, say, man, you know one thing I regret? I, I follow God too closely. I mean, man, I, if there's anything I regret in this life, no, you know what you're going to regret? Not enough. That's right. That's the regret that we're going to have. Not that, that we went too far for God, that we were too much of a fanatic, that we followed Christ too much. Oh, I deprived myself of things that the world
1: does. Good. Good. That's a good thing, isn't it? See, Jonah, this is a sly
0: friend. He's a a subtle man. Subtly came up and whispered his plan to, to, to him. Gave him a plan to do evil. That's a terrible friend.
1: Terrible friend to talk you into that.
0: By the way, when people like that, it, look at it, it always starts with a question. The subtlety, look. And he said, and why art thou being the king's son, lean from day to day. Starts with a question. To question that authority. To question what's Right. That's what Satan did to question that authority, to question God, to question what's right. So if people want to question your standards of how you live, to question your, your, your gospel living, to question your walk with God, to question why your separation, your sanctification, to question that, to put that in your mind. Subtly. That's why the Bible warns us to put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Because the wiles of the devil, it's the beguiling nature of Satan. It's the wiles, it's the sly and cunning, artful, in design, schemes that he schemes up. In order to destroy someone. And you're to be careful with people like that. This woman was
1: like that. That's how her heart was.
0: See, he sought, Satan sought to seduce Eve from the truth. And the strange woman seeks to seduce the simple young man. She shows the pleasure-filled side of fornication, but not the destructive and the death side. There is death in fornication. We'll talk about that later. Which takes away the heart of young men. Because the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Like we're talking about in Ephesians chapter 2 on Wednesday night. That you at the quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. wherein in times past you walked according to the course of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. You see you were on this course before. You were walking this course before. Why? Because you were dead in trespasses and sins. That's why you walked it. And then God saved you by his grace, lifted you out of that, breathed life into you because you were dead. You weren't like on life support. No, you were a corpse. <laughs> you were walking dead in trespasses and sins. Right? Totally dead to God. Totally dead to the things of God. And then he breathed life into you. He regenerated you. You, if he quickened, you were dead. So if you're not quickened, you can't possibly avoid temptation. Like, there's no victory against temptations that will eventually take you. It's just the right one as a lost person that will consume you and take you because you don't have the Spirit of God in you. And, and you can't, see, you can't apply the Word of God into your heart and life as a lost person the way a saved person can. Why? Because this book bears fruit in the saves life. When you're lost, this book is, is teaching you to come to Christ. It's the, the, the law is all that you can see, the stringent law of God. And then you see it, that it's a schoolmaster to bring men to Christ. But then when you get saved, then you're strengthened by the word of God. And you're, a, a, instead of being condemned by it, you're strengthened by it. You're built up in your most holy faith. You're strengthened by the words. And then you can avoid temptations by the power of the Holy Ghost. That doesn't mean you're going to be sinless and perfect. What it means is you're not on the course you were on before. That was the course of this world. Now you walk as children of light. Amen. That's the difference. But you only do that because you're regenerated and made new in Christ. That's it. He saved your soul. He changed you and made you a new creature. He takes you off of the course you were on. Where and in times past. That's what he said. So this, the heart is deceitful. The fallen man's heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. This harlot, this strange woman, she has the deceitful cunning and wise as a serpent's heart. Crafty, very careful with what she does so as not to reveal too much. A master at trapping. Potiphar's wife was the same way. She was like a serpent that waited for the right time to trap Joseph, right? So she could lie with him. And when he refused, the cunning, strange woman was able to lie about him. She was lying in wait. She was looking for the opportunity. Don't deal in subtlety of heart in that sense. Don't be that way. Be true in your motives. Be true in your compliments. Be true in your your motivations. Be true and sincere in all that you do. Walk in sincerity and truth. That's the sign of a child of God. In fact, it's a command of God, too, that you and I walk in sincerity and to be sincere with others. Be sincere with your motivations. Be sincere with your giving. If you, when you're giving to God and you're doing it, be sincere with all of those things. Be sincere in loving one another. Don't do it for any reason other than obedience to God and love one to another. Love to God and love to man. Be sincere about it. Don't, be, don't, don't have uh, ulterior motives and things behind it that you think about or s- plots or schemes or plans. That word subtle, it means deceitful and crafty and cunning with guile. Most of the time, it's only used one time in a good sense. And it's, it's never used in that sense against others. It's, it's used as being discerning. But the word is used in Genesis 3, 1, as we see about Satan. Uh, in Genesis twenty seven thirty four and 35, we find Esau when he's talking. He says, when he heard the words of his father, he cried with a great and exceeding bitter cry. And said unto his father, bless me, even me also, O oh my father. And he said, thy brother came with subtlety and had taken away thy blessing. With trickery.
1: Right? Just like the devil. Tricked him. Subtly.
0: Fooled him. We find it in Matthew 26, verse number 4. 3 and 4. Then assembled together the chief priests and the scribes and the elders of the people under the palace of the high priest, which was called Kephias, and consulted that they might take Jesus by subtlety and kill him.
1: Right? Those
0: are the Pharisees, right? uh, How can we take him by subtlety and kill him? They devised a plan. They artfully designed their plan to destroy him, to try to kill him. That was their plan. They still act the same way today. They still do the same thing. That's the religious Pharisees are still doing it today. They 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 do it by artful design and subtlety. They they absolutely do. This afternoon, when we go over, um, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the Albigensies, and we're gonna talk about the destruction of the Albigensies. Well, fleshly that is not eternally, amen. But. Uh, Uh, and the the papal, the the bloody papal war that was executed against them. Subtlety. Always cunning and crafty. Paul dealt with them too in Acts chapter 13. By the way, religious, false religion is very subtle. Look Look at what it says here. Acts chapter 13, verse number 10. But Elimaeus the sorcerer, for so is his name by interpretation, withstood them. Seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. We've seen those guys out there when we're preaching, haven't we? We've seen these sorcerers. They're out there still. These are still New Testament times. Nothing's changed. Same thing, and and the wonderful thing about it is, is that I have a Bible that tells me right there. So when some joker tries to tell me I'm wrong about what I'm preaching and what I'm doing, I have this and I say, oh, you mean like that subtle sorcerer did? Trying to take them away from the faith? Guess what? The book of Acts is right there, and boy, there's a lot in it that preachers were out preaching and what they came against, what happened to them. And it's still there. You know why these guys don't think it's still there? Because they got trained in a seminary. <laughs> they got trained at the cemetery. They got their fancy little degree. But they don't go out on the street and face sinners. You know what these these apostles did? They went out on the street and faced sinners. That's why they had the same things happen to them. Guess what, buddy? You will too if you go out there. The same exact thing. And you'll be like, wow, isn't that something? That book really is alive. Amen yeah it is and it's still true and when the whole world damns you and hates what you preach and hates what you stand for you could say yeah i know but look right here yeah and he said by the way he even told us you were going to hate us and you were going to be religious and you were going to name his name and still want to put us to death wow that's pretty specific And you're going to be like wizards and sorcerers and you're going to deceive the masses. That's like that's what you're going to do. Just like the association church, whatever in the world that means. I'm just going to look at them. What does that even mean? That's what I'm going to ask. Associated with devils? What does it
1: mean? I just want to ask him that when I see him. What does that mean? Where did you get that name? Somebody's got to.
0: See, I told some guys online, you want to know what the real problem is? You aren't in a war. You don't believe you're in a war. You, you don't, and so, so you're lulled to sleep by this world as they sing little, little, uh, little ditties to you. And you're lulled to sleep and you're going to sleep in your four walls of your church buildings. And you ain't at war with anything. You're not looking around you and seeing what's going on. But you're being lulled to sleep by everything. You're You're comfortable. You're at ease in Zion. You think it's all okay and it's not going to touch your kids. And that's not what I think. I believe what they say when they sing the song, we're coming for your kids. I believe them. I'm saying, I know you, homo. I know you are. Been saying it for years. I know you are. I know what you want to do. Because we know what Satan wants to do. We know what spirit you have. But you want us to be quiet and, 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 and be this polished and primp thing that's going on. And it, by the way, it's way too late for all that. Do you understand? It's way too late for all that. You're preaching in the middle of a concrete jungle. You better wake up and realize what's going on. And the reason why they're not is because they're not out there. They don't see it. They hide from it and they think it's going to hide from them. They think it's never going to touch them. And it's not true. It is going to. And it is now. And you got to stand against it. And you got to preach. And you got to boldly do it too. And ask God for boldness to do it. And yeah, you're going to get hated.
1: Yeah. I mean,. I mean, if everybody loved us, we'd be Joel Olstein and rich, right? Because
0: that's—I mean—they make hundreds of millions of dollars and have just like this. What's that one thing on that app? That's—that's. That's, man, I can't remember this. They—they—they. They're, they're, Aaron, what's that? What's that stupid money-making scheme they have going on? Tim Tebow and all those fake Christians. That money-making scheme they have up there. What's it called? Yeah, you do the the one that you've been sending me the links for the the surge. Oh, yeah, this yeah, yeah. yeah the spiritual surge how to make money. on Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, the black lady that's that's There's preaching of, and that cow. oh yeah, the There's CCM lady. Right. Gonna and teach you how to yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's, it's great. With, uh, so, <laughs> I mean, it yeah. it's great. Yeah, but but uh, probably has, probably has to yeah, probably. yeah. <laughs> probably. I mean, I'm going. No, I'm <laughs> go. look, I just. So I want Tim Tebow's autograph. That's all. No, I'm
1: kidding. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Jacob wants to go to that. Oh, I'm sorry. We're going to lumberjack days. We've missed yes. that forever. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, but those, those people have always been around. They always have and they always will be. Acts chapter 13, verse number 8. But Elymas the sorcerer, for so is his name by interpretation, withstood them, seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. Then Saul, who also is called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him and said, O full of all subtlety and all mischief, Thou child of the devil, thou enemy of all righteousness, wilt thou not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? Wow.
1: I mean, he didn't seem like he was very nice about that.
0: Then he blinded him for a season. We don't do that, but... (laughs) (laughs) But maybe at a couple of those pride events, we might have been tempted. (laughs) Yeah, we try, we try to blind ourselves from it. <laughs> there came a mist over our eyes and we did not have to see anything. <laughs> but here we have it again in 2 Corinthians eleven three. 3. But I fear lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled at Eve through his subtlety. So your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. You see, this strange woman is trying to confuse the young man. Show him a third option. That not everything is as cut and dry as you've been raised to believe. It's not always right and wrong. It's not always. No, there are only two roads. You either take the course of this world that leads to death and hell and damnation. Or you'll take the narrow way through Jesus Christ the Lord. That's it. There is no other way. There's only two teams. There's always only been two teams. Christ and Antichrist. That's it. You either follow the lamb with us he goes or you follow the Antichrist into hell. That's where they're ending up. And death and hell are cast in the lake of fire for all of eternity. That's where you go. If you follow this world system, you will end up in hell. That's where the whole world is going to end up, melted with fervent heat. That's what happens. Those that are lost will stand before God at the white throne judgment, and they'll be cast in the lake of fire for all of eternity. That's your choice. Choose you this day whom you will serve. If the Lord be God, then follow him. That's your choice. And by the way, Let me help you with that. It's never going to change. Those are the only two choices you are ever going to have until you die. There's no new discovery. There's no new thing. There's no end road around Christ. There's no end road around it. You either submit to the son or you die and go to hell. That's it. God will have no one blaspheme his son again. No. You either believe on the son and you're saved, or you reject him. There is no in-between. Well, I'm undecided. No, you've decided. You decided against the only begotten Son of God. That's what you, and until you, until you repent and believe the gospel, you are the enemy of God. You have to understand. You could be sitting in this room your whole life and be the enemy of God. Amen! Without faith in Christ, you are the enemy of God. The Bible says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God Not of works, lest any man should boast. It is the grace of God that saves man. It is God's grace and God's love and His kindness to us. But God commendeth His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And He died for you because you needed Him to. You are guilty. Dead in trespasses and sins as a lost person. Without Christ, you are the alien to heaven. You will never enter into the kingdom of God, into the kingdom of heaven without faith in Jesus Christ alone. There is no other way. There is no third option for you. There is, no, there is no gray area. There is no neutral ground that you can stand on where you're not the enemy of Satan and you're not the enemy of God, but you're in between somewhere. No, you are the enemy of God. Satan's the only one that plays games like that. He's the only one that'll tickle your chin into hell. God won't do that. If, you're God's, if you reject the son of God, then you are God's enemy and you have waged war against him. Amen. You have waged war against him. Amen. That's just the truth. You're at war with God and the only way, and we're ambassadors of Christ, so we bring terms of peace to you. What are those terms of peace? Lay down your arms. That's the terms of peace.
1: You know what you can't do? You can't conceal carry.
0: Huh. You can't lay down the open arms and the open rebellion against God and then secretly hide, hide a, a, a gun in there, secretly hide a weapon in there against God. No, lay down your arms. You can't do anything to be saved. Jesus did everything. You repent and believe the gospel. You turn to him and believe on the Son. He that hath the Son hath life, he that hath not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. That's the judgment of God. And it is just. And he is holy. And he is right to throw you into hell if you reject his only begotten Son. Why? Because you've deemed yourself unworthy. And you will not submit and surrender to him. But you're still fighting him. Just like those in Revelation, when when he brings the plagues down, you say, well, if it'll get bad enough, maybe I'll get right. No, you won't. Because if you don't get right now in your right mind, you won't when your mind is really in turmoil and sick. Your hate will grow stronger for God. The more sin you get into, the more you'll hate God. Amen. The more you'll be
1: the enemy of God. Beloved, now is the time. Now is the day of salvation. Amen?
0: The devil is tricky, but he's a liar. There are only two roads. You either take the course of this world that leads to death or the narrow way. And the Lord God said unto the woman, what is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, the serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. What does that word beguiled mean? It means deluded, misled by craft eluded by Tricked her. The Bible says the woman, Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived being in the transgression. Adam knew what he was doing. That's what made his worse. And that's because he knew what he was doing. Right? He knew exactly what he was doing. He did it anyway. Eve knew that she wasn't obeying God, but she was deceived. She was tricked. He believed him. Why? Because of the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. So, if two perfect beings could fall for Satan, why do you think you have a chance that you won't without Christ? If Satan can
1: fool two perfect beings that never sinned before, how in the world are you going to make it through this life without Christ? You won't. You'll be consumed by it. You'll be destroyed by it.
0: Yep. Right? And the angels that fell. Same thing. They were around the holy throne of God. And you can be around all the preaching and and the holiest of all. Judas. Judas was around Jesus.
1: No better preacher than Jesus. Amen. Amen. The message is clear, repent and believe the gospel or be deceived by the devil. See, that means
0: that that subtly means a concealed heart. She hides her real feelings, feigning perhaps affection for a husband. While she seeks only to satisfy her evil passions. The Bible says the strange woman next is a deep ditch. For a whore is a deep ditch and a strange woman is a narrow pit in which the man is in evident danger of perdition out of which is exceedingly difficult to escape. See, that's why it's so dangerous because you don't see that deep ditch or that narrow pit until you step into it. She watches all opportunities of ensnaring young men to their destruction and increasing the transgressors among them. She is the cause of innumerable sins against God and against the souls and bodies of those whom she ensnares. And by her arts and wicked example involves many persons in the guilt of her sins. She is of no other use in this world, which already is too bad, but to make it worse by increasing the number of lewd, faithless, and incorrigible sinners. For she, You know what the Bible says here right after that verse? For she hath cast down many wounded, yea, many strong men have been slain
1: by her. I think of Samson, who was the strongest man in the world.
0: He was slain by that little whore. I think of Solomon, who was the wisest man in the world and was slain by
1: a bunch of whores. 700 wives and 300 concubines. Slain. Almost didn't recover. You know what?
0: You will barely escape from that strange woman or that whore, that deep ditch, that barely, and I mean barely escape, like Solomon did, barely escape the clutches of that life. In the end, you see in Ecclesiastes, his, his repentance. But you know what? It's not without a lot of sorrow and a lot of heartache and a lot of pain. Samson's ministry was over. He asked God to take him,
1: and God did. See, young ladies and young
0: men, the life I lived before I was saved was entangled with a lot of sorrow. And there's a lot of sorrow that I have today because of the things I could not erase in this life, things that tangled me up when I was lost, things that stuck to me and tangled up the mind and the heart. When you give yourself or lose your purity or you give yourself to another like that, if you do that, it tangles up your mind and your heart. And it's never quite the same again. It never will be the same again. Yes, you can go on and have a good marriage. And yes, you can go on and serve the Lord. But you don't go on without exceeding sorrow. You don't go on without bruises and wounds that will not go away. The constant reminder, yes, you're forgiven of your sins. But the constant reminder of the sinful things that you did will affect you for the rest of your life. They will. They get in and they stick in you and they do not go away. Yes, the sins are forgiven. We're not talking about that, but it doesn't erase the memories. It doesn't erase what happened. See, your sins have been forgiven and they're all under the blood, but not a day goes by that I'm not affected by the sin that I committed like that. Not a day goes by that I'm not affected by. It It affects you forever, and this side anyway, until life is over.
1: It affects you. You should avoid it and run from it. Don't go anywhere near it.
0: Because what happens to you when you give yourself away, when your purity is lost, when you've given yourself away to that, and you've lived your life like that, part of your heart goes and never comes back. You don't get it back. When you give your heart away to people like that, in entanglements like that, part of it dies. That's the death of fornication. Part of it dies. Because the effects of how lust took you, the effects of how those things take you, they wound you. And you can never quite be the same again. You never quite have that same
1: love because of the heart being damaged. It's true. That's why when you have a clean slate
0: and you marry somebody and you have that purity and you have that and you have that relationship, it's that much sweeter. You don't have the regrets of a past life
1: that will haunt you. They will.
0: And that's what we're trying to avoid. That's why I'm preaching this. I want, to, I want you to avoid it. I, I, don't, I, I don't want you to be wounded by it. And some of you, if you get into it, the Bible
1: says, yea, many strong men have been taken.
0: There isn't a person in this room that lived a sinful life before that wouldn't give you the same thing I'm telling you right now to warn you. That's why we're doing it. We're not doing it because, oh, we want to deprive you of fun. No, no, listen, can I, can I share something with you to help you? No, I actually want your time to be sweeter. <laughs> that's Because that's you know what? Some of the fun and some of those things are lost when you've defiled yourself.
1: Some of it is. Because of the deep wounds and hurt. That come later. So that's why. That's
0: why I preach. Because I want it to be sweeter for you. I want it to be better for you. We, we desire better things for you. Like Paul talked about. We desire better things for you. There's sorrow that's attached to all of those things. And to fornication. And a wicked life, there's sorrow that's attached that never goes away. It is still there. Yeah, you can be happy and serve the Lord and you move on and you're forgiven, but there's sorrow there. This woman is never satisfied with what she receives. She is never happy, this poor, this deep ditch, burning in lust always. She is a trap and a snare. And he is easily brought into it. This trap into which men fall, they bruise themselves in a terrible manner by beating from side to side and out of which they cannot extricate themselves, at least not easily, but with great difficulty, if ever, from her swallowing up and devouring all a man has. She is a ditch that has no bottom into which those that fall are ever sinking deeper and deeper till they get into the bottomless pit, for there is seldom any recovery from this dreadful evil. There's some men that never recover. It is like a deep ditch, a narrow pit, which is almost impossible to get out of. And therefore, it is wisdom to keep far enough from the brink of it. Take heed of making any approaches towards this sin, because it is so hard to make a retreat from it. Conscience which should heed the the retreat, head the retreat, excuse me, being debauched by it. And divine grace being forfeited and ignored. It is a sin which bewitches men to their ruin. Many of men have went to hell through the whoredoms and whore that enticed them away from the God from God, into fornication. The Bible says in the end times they repented not of their fornication because that strange woman was a whore in a deep ditch and hard to pull, herself, pull yourself out of it because lust is boundless, it's bottomless. And he is a perfect slave who serves a whore, said one. Her trap leads them to hell. And he is a strong man. I think there's an epidemic, and there has been for the last 10, 15 years. You're seeing these, these women become teachers in high schools, and they are seducing their, their students. Not, it's, it's like you, you hear about it all the time, that they are teachers in high school, and they talk about the male predators, but they very ra- rarely talk about the female predators that are there. But there are many of them. They're, in fact, they're all over the place. They, they laugh about it, and it's funny you know, to the world, but it's not funny. But there's many of those female predators that are out there, teachers that are in high school, which I question the sanity of anybody that would take a 25-year-old teacher and put her in a, a high school around 18-year-old boys. That isn't the dumbest thing in the world. Well, public school is the dumbest thing in the world, but But uh, if it isn't, if it isn't, by the way, it's a Greek Gnostic idea. The whole thing is, it's where it comes from. It's just a Greek Gnostic idea. People hate that. But you know what? When you're a student of history and you actually understand, number one, what the Bible says, and you study where the public indoctrination or government schools come from, you'll realize, well, it's all a bunch of heathens. They're a bunch of pagans. And they want your kids. Terrible. You just can't talk like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I can. It's true. They admit it. They say it. They say they want your kid. They say they're theirs. They belong to us. They say it. They don't. Yeah. They they admit it.
0: They just admit and tell you exactly that's what they do. That's what we believe. We believe they belong to us. Well, if you ship them off to them, then they do.
1: Right? You ship them off to them, then they do. That teacher says, well, I spend eight hours a day with them. You don't. Ouch.
0: I didn't disagree with the, the little government indoctrination witch that said that. I, I agreed with her. Well, she's right. Yeah. Now, well, you feed him, but <laughs> your paycheck feeds him. <laughs> Well, Wall's made sure of it now. Man, three hots in a cot. It's jail, man. They get, they're get they living the dream, man. Perfect slaves, that's right.
1: But you know what? You look at the outbreak of public education, you look at what's happened,
0: that's there. thats They're doing it now. They're seducing your children, both mentally and physically. And now, now they're deciding, they're just going to talk them into mutilating their genitals. And teach them all about it and change their sex. And if you don't like it, then Biden called the FBI on those teacher or on the on the the high school students and sick the FBI on the or on the parents to go visit the parents and be like, What's wrong with you? Who do you think you are standing up in our in our school board meetings and telling us, Oh, I don't know the people that pay for it? Right. So now they're saying, well, we're just going to, like, indoctrinate your children. So literally, you're sending them off to a bunch of perverts. Like, they're just a bunch of perverts. What do you think perverts do? It's like sending somebody to a Roman Catholic confessional. I mean, what do you think the guy's doing? He's getting excited off hearing people confess sins.
1: That's what he's doing. Amen. Hey, that's
0: it, ain't it? They're a bunch of pagans and heathens, like I told that archbishop. I said, you guys are the reason why this has happened with all those children. I told him that video. I said, because you don't let them marry. Celibacy is part of the problem. You attract That's who they attract is a bunch of sodomites. He didn't like that. No, no, no. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I said, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats. You're that guy.
1: Then he got mad and walked away. How do you know they're drunk? That's what he said, yeah. How do you know they're drunk? I don't know.
0: <laughs> they're, they're witches, man. They know, they, they're good at it. The strange woman lies in wait to trap them and seduce them. We'll finish with this. Proverbs twenty three twenty eight. She also lieth in wait as for a prey and increases the transgressors among men. Whoredom, what it does is fornication. Sexual impurity, what it does is it increases transgressions among men. Lying, thieving, stealing, murderous, drug use, fornication, sorcery, all of it. More iniquity springs from this one source of evil. That's why Solomon warns, or Solomon's mom warns in Proverbs 23, she warns about the strange woman, but you know what she warns about next? The next vice, Alcohol. She warns about those two. She says, she says these two things. Yay, many a many a strong man have been laid out by these two things, right? Women and alcohol, women and drugs. Yep, women and liquor. You want to destroy a man? Women and liquor will do it. Amen. man, it's his own heart, obviously, right? But but he's uh, drawn away with his own lust and enticed, right? But th- they'll do it. The Bible commands us the opposite. It says, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary the devil is a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. Whom resists steadfast in the, in the faith knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world? But the God of all grace who called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus after he has suffered a while make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. Uncleanness leads to faith, faithlessness of manifold kinds. And it makes not only the husband unfaithful to the wife, but also the son to the parents, the scholar to the teacher and the pastor, the servant to the master, the adulteresses. inasmuch as much as she entices now one and now another in her net, increases the number of those who are faithless towards men. But are they not above all faithless towards God? No faithfulness. We live in a society today of, they're covenant breakers, right? They don't, they don't care. They, they, they give their word, but they don't care about it. It's what the Bible says, truce breakers, covenant breakers, right? That's, they don't, like, you can't trust anything they say to you. <laughs> it's just they're liars. You can't trust. Look at, look at, our, look at our politicians. Right? You get to, they have $17 billion up there, right? In a surplus. And what did they, they say? Oh, we're going to give like a $1,000 a person back. After the election, the last bill, after the election was over, they changed all the numbers around. And they said, "Oh, we're going to give you three hundred dollars for the husband, three hundred dollars for the wife, three hundred dollars for uh, the first three kids." Wait, but what about the other sixteen point
1: five billion? About <laughs> the other sixteen billion? Yeah, right. Exactly.
0: Judge not. <laughs> Women in strong drink, though, cause many millions to transgress. The adulteress lies in wait as a robber, pretending friendship but designing the greatest greatest mischief, to rob them of all they have that is valuable, to strip them both of their armor and of their ornaments. Even those who, being virtuously educated, endeavor to shun the adulteress. She will lie in wait for that she may assault them when they are off their guard, and she has them at an advantage. Let none, therefore, be at any time secure." It is a sin that contributes more than any other to the spreading of vice and immorality. It increases the transgressors among men. May it be the ruin of many a precious soul and may help to
1: debauch a whole town. That fornication, that harlotry, that wicked living.
0: She looks to pounce on her prey. And many that have professed religion to throw off their profession and break their covenants with God,
1: all for a cheap thrill.
0: Amen. She also lieth and waiteth for prey at the door of her house, the corner of the streets in the dark of the night, laying snares and spreading her nets to a thief and a robber. By the way, whether it's a man or a woman, they want to steal your purity This what satan's after he, that's what why do you think he's doing it to the children? Why do you think all these things are were coming for your kids and they sing, and they're doing all these because that's what Satan does. He wants to steal purity. Eve was pure and he wanted to defile her mind
1: That's what he did He wants to defile
0: purity that's their goal that's why they want to go after the children that's why they want your children to go to gay pride rallies. That's why they want to have a, they, they want to have drag queen story hour at the high school. That's why they want to have it at the library with little kids. Well, why on earth would guys dressed up like girls with body parts that are not real showing and everything else and give the illusion of all, why would they want to read stories to little children? Like what do dudes in dresses? Want to read stories to little kids for? Cause they want to defile their purity. They want to confuse them. Cause that's what Satan does. That is their motive. Well, it's beyond that. They want the legalization of pedophilia and everything else. See, the the politicians are tired of covering it up. They just want to bring it out in the open. They just want to do it openly. They've been covering it up for years. Those things are not popular to talk about, are they? Well, you just study every major society that went pagan, and you'll find that they went heathen, and what did they do? The Greeks! What did the senators of, the, of, the, of, of, the, of Greece do? What did the senators of Rome do?
1: What does Roman Catholicism do?
0: What does the Senate in the House do? <laughs> hey, you know how they got that crazy guy that's a Jew? Uh, I can't, George Santos or whatever. I, he's talking about all this crazy. Or, and no, who is the other guy? There was a guy in the wheelchair that that was uh hawthorne or i forget his name remember that he went up and said man they had these crazy parties up there and they're having orgies and they're doing all this stuff in congress man they fired that guy they voted him out they defunded him and they got him out of there why cuz that guy had a conscience
1: he's like oh you got to go you got a conscience
0: So what they do, they got rid of him. Why? Cuz he told the truth about him. See, this is the agenda. They want to defile your kids. That's the agenda. That's it. So you understand and make you hate God and make them hate God. That's that's their goal. Make no like this is a war and you have to understand that. And I have absolutely zero interest in having a truce with any of that. None by God's grace, this church will war against it and reveal it and tell the truth about it.
1: Has to. Has to. Otherwise, why be here? Why be here then?
0: If you're not salt and light, why be here? You don't think I couldn't do what all these Amish people do? Man, I could go do it. I would go live on my 10 acres by myself and not, not cause any trouble, not make anybody mad, just live there by myself and enjoy life and have fun and stay sheltered from everybody. Well, I couldn't because I have the Holy Ghost. But, but, if, I, but, but if I didn't, I could, I could do the same thing, right? We could all camp out, right, Paul? We could all just hide out and not go out in the world and not face it head on and not deal with any of it and hide who we hide that light. We could do it. We have have the means to be able to figure out a way to do it. But we don't have, that's not our orders. Our orders are you be salt and light. And somebody's got to preserve. Somebody's got to stand up. Somebody's got to do it. And that's somebody's you and I. We got to preach against these things. And by the way, we preached all the way down to the heterosexual sins, right? Not, Not going back to those other things, but preaching about that. I told those people on my broadcast, we're talking about all that LGBTQ stuff. I said, well, listen, if you're putting filth and smut in front of your children, heterosexual filth and smut in front of your children, these drag queens, they, they got a little bit of room to talk to you. They got a little bit of room to mock you. You know why? Because you say things like, we don't want them dancing around naked in front of our kids. Like, yeah, but you're watching movies where they're dancing around naked. Your heterosexuals are. Well, I don't want anybody naked dancing around my kids. I don't want to expose them to any of that nonsense. I don't want them to see any of that. They're not supposed to see any of that. You aren't either. We're not supposed to see
1: any of those things. Amen. All right. I better stop. I could keep going, but. But I don't want to tire you out too much. You're getting older, some of you, and I got to. Paul's beard's getting so thick that I can't see his face anymore. But I will say this in closing. God wants us to walk in wisdom. He wants us to be
0: careful. The spell of lust, said one, palsies the grass by which its victim might have taken hold of the paths of life for deliverance. It also, this, also, this text also by the, the horror is a deep dish. It means that the hook of immorality enters a man or a woman. It leaves its deep wounds and scars, even when bitterly repented of and forsaken. We thus see the irreparable wages of sin, which is death. The youth who gives himself to sin is destroying himself, and even if he is later saved, he will always bewail his sin. He will have lost many things through his waywardness that will never be regained. Virginity lost cannot be restored. The gospel of Jesus Christ regenerates and cleanses and empowers, but it does not restore the lost opportunities and wasted talents and the absolute purity of a never-stained conscience. That's our goal. Like That's what your parents' goal is. We, 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 don't, we don't want you to see any of that. We don't want you to ever go through any of that. That's, we, we wanna, it, by the grace of God, we want to keep you from it. That's why, that's why we live the way we live, for Christ's sake. David learned this to his great hurt. Though he repented thoroughly of his sin with Bathsheba and God forgave him, he suffered for the rest of his life in one way or the other. And once a man has committed immorality, it is much easier to commit it again. This is a solemn business and thus the Proverbs warns young people to avoid the strange woman at all costs. It is God's will to grant youth preventative grace that they may not enter into a life of sin. If one walks in wisdom he will avoid these terrible pitfalls and will remain in the way of good men in the paths of righteousness and will therefore avoid, avoid judgment and destruction. This is the only sure protection from these evils. The individual who does not personally love the ways of God and possess strong biblical knowledge and convictions is open prey for evil men and the enticements of immorality. Amen. That's why he says, "My son, give me thine heart." That's why he says, Attend unto my ways. He says, these proverbs are written for wisdom and knowledge and discretion to keep thee from the evil man and to keep thee from the strange woman who flattereth with her lips. Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you. Thank you for the word of God. Lord, we know its power. We've experienced it in our souls. Father, we just pray that you'd strengthen us Lord, that you'd keep our children from evil, that you'd save the lost among them, and that you'd strengthen the saved among them. Lord, keep them pure. Keep all of us pure and just and holy, walking in the fear of the Lord. Let sin not take us, Lord. Lord, we know how easy we could slide if it weren't for your grace and your mercy. Help us to take the word of God and apply it to every area of our lives. and Search us, O God, and know us. Try us and know our thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in us and lead us into the way everlasting. Father, help us, keep us. Bless this day. Bless your children. Save the lost. Bless uh, the food and the fellowship and the time we have together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.